On today's episode of the Sports by Fry podcast, I'm going to be doing my Fantasy Friday, the first ever one that's actually being recorded via podcast. Uh, about time. It's been too long. Um, I apologise though, I wrote a check that I couldn't cash earlier in the week. I said that I would be doing a YouTube video, but I've just spent probably close to an hour, what's the time? Yeah, I've just spent close to an hour trying to figure out the computer settings with my Mac. Uh, long story short, my camera's not working. It's out of whack. I tried to fix it and I can't. So YouTube is on hold, but I'm still going to do a podcast. I promised that there'd be a pod. So I'm going to commit to doing this podcast probably two or three times now a week. Um, and YouTube's uh, on the back burner until I can figure out what the hell's going on. But Fantasy Friday time, um, talking a little bit about the NFL fantasy season because it's starting to heat up. Playoff spots are uh, well and truly up for grabs now. The NFL fantasy trade deadline is either just a few days away or in the near future. So I'll point out a few dudes that you can maybe cash in on. Um, and then, of course, we've got almost a month of gameplay under our belt in the NBA, which is good. We've got a good sample size now to determine if a player was just off to a hot start and if it was a bit streaky, flash in the pan, or maybe there's some dudes whose production levels are here to stay. Welcome to the Sports by Fry podcast. Once again, thank you for tuning in. My name is Fry and I am back with the first ever installment of my Fantasy Fridays. Uh, like I said earlier in the week, I'm going to make this a weekly feature in the podcasting community so you can check back every Friday or maybe Saturday, like I said, if you're in Australia for new episodes. Uh, I do need to apologise about YouTube. Um, it's so frustrating. I'm really, really looking forward to getting that fired back up today, but it's out of my control, so I'm not going to dwell on it too much. Um, before I dive into the big NFL and NBA uh, fantasy world, I just want to touch a little bit on the AFL. Um, there's nothing too pressing to really talk about. There are a few underrated roster moves that I want to touch on, though. Jordan Murdoch signed with the Suns this week after potentially it was looking like he was going to join the Saints. Uh, Jared Lyons, since I last spoke fantasy-wise, weirdly uh, turned his back on the Gold Coast Suns and went to Brisbane, so... He's probably one that I might keep my eye on over the preseason, monitor his uh, status. And Dan Menzel is actually having a medical at Sydney, so even though he might not be relevant from a fantasy perspective, it's good to see that Dan Menzel might get thrown an AFL lifeline. We're at that favourite time of year where all the clubs are talking about hitting the track early and players who are coming back from preseason and time trials and role changes, so... Start doing your research. The draft's coming up soon. I'll probably do my mock tomorrow, an updated mock tomorrow or the day after. Um, and then I'll release one on probably the eve of the AFL draft as well. So you can check out those AFL bits and pieces on sportsbyfright.com. But I want to dive into NFL fantasy. Now, like I said, the we're in week 10 of NFL fantasy action. Uh, most leagues have all 17 weeks of NFL fixtures mattering. In the league, the Sports by Fry League that I created, we've actually got week 17 off because I hated having to deal with all the players who arrested playoff teams resting like Todd Gurley and all those superstars that don't actually get to play in the last week. It's frustrating as hell. So in our league, uh, week 16 is actually the final week. So I think from memory, we've got three, including this week, three more weeks of scheduled fixtures. Um, I'm sitting at six and three, pretty happy about 
the uh, I'm losing my hair fantasy team. Um, a few waiver wire dudes you might want to look at adding um, for your fantasy squads. A couple of pass catches piqued my interest over the last week. Um, Adam Humphreys has been one of the hottest receivers over the past fortnight. The Bucks wide out has put up stupid numbers. I think from memory only Michael Thomas and DeAndre Hopkins have actually outperformed him. It's pretty unlikely he's going to keep up that level of production, but he's still a good option potentially moving forward, along with tight end Evan Engram, who I'm actually really bullish on, the Giants dude. I know Eli Manning's not playing uh, his best football right now, but I talked about Engram earlier in the week in my NFL uh, buy low sell high fantasy article even though his production hasn't really shone through since he returned from injury there's a few fantasy friendly fixtures coming up try to say that 10 times really fast um, and considering the tight end position has been a bit of a letdown all season I think Engram's not a terrible waiver wire ad even if you've already got a reliable tight end like I own Greg Olsen in a lot of my leagues and I might look to add someone like Engram or Hooper just because I'm a little bit Worried about Olsen's long-term health. But yeah, I think Engram's someone who will probably find himself on a bunch more teams over the next few weeks. Dude, you can probably afford to drop. And he's someone who I tried to plug and play to cover my uh, buy last week. I think Carson Wentz was on a buy. So I snagged Matthew Stafford in one of my leagues. And he laid a bit of an egg. He still completed a bunch of his passes. And the Vikings' defense was a large reason why he struggled. I think they set a franchise record for sacks with 10. So... Yeah, it's probably not a, probably a little bit harsh on Matty Stafford, but he's got a serious gauntlet of teams coming up. And the NFC North, I think in that division, Detroit, I don't really have a lot of faith in. The Packers are a tough out. Vikings, as I've already mentioned, um, took him to town last week, and then you've got the Bears as well. So I don't think Stafford's really a great option moving forward. He's got Chicago this week, and then he faces Carolina, Chicago again, and the Rams over the next month. So if you own Matthew Stafford, I'd probably tend to look somewhere else for a quarterback. A few players to keep your eye on in week 10. Uh, Duke Johnson was one of the most popular uh, waiver wire ads this week and saw his ownership spike after a coming out party against Kansas City. And I can't blame you for taking a chance and adding him onto your bench, but I'm a little bit cautious. One game just seems like too small a sample size for me to make a move like that. But if he blows up against Atlanta, I'm pretty sure they have Atlanta. If he blows up against Atlanta this week, then, you know, he could definitely be worth adding to your bench and giving you a little bit more depth in that position for sure. Another halfback who might see uh, his ownership go up again is Mike Davis of the Seahawks. Similarly to Duke Johnson, he had a good game last week. And it was because Chris Carson was actually ruled out with a hip injury. And it seems like at this stage, Carson might be held out of the Seahawks game on the weekend. So if that's the case, then I'd probably steer uh, towards rostering Davis. Don't know how uh, good he is long term. And similar to uh, Matthew Stafford, Seattle actually has a pretty um, intimidating bunch of games in the next few weeks. So Davis's fantasy ceiling might be a little bit low, but he's someone you could... Look to add, potentially. If you're desperate for a quarterback, uh, don't sleep on young buck Nick Mullins, who had an awesome debut against Oakland. It is worth pointing out that he did play Oakland, so don't expect him to blow up and dominate again against the Giants this weekend. But I think he's worth a flyer taking on New York, and let's be honest, that's hardly the most intimidating task in football right now. So Nick Mullins might just be a little uh, dark horse candidate this week for... QBs. If you need a QB who's uh, 
Sorry, let me start that again. If your QB is on a bye, then maybe you can take a chance on Nick Mullins. I wouldn't roster him and start him for the rest of the year, unless you're in a seriously deep league and one of your quarterbacks gets injured. But yeah, he could be a nice plug-and-play for this week. Speaking of bye weeks, there are four teams on the bye this week with the Broncos, Ravens, Texans and Vikings getting the week off. Uh, That might be a little bit of a problem for some owners out there. I know the Vikes, Texans and probably the Ravens actually in that matter are all going to be rostered defense slash special teams. So if you own one of those three, you might be looking for a streaming option uh, this week. There's not a hell of a lot out there. I don't love the Patriots going up against Tennessee, but they're one of the ones who are gathering a bit of steam. The Bills versus Jets, I think they'll almost cancel each other out. They could both be good plays, but to be honest, I wouldn't add either of them just because I don't trust either team. Uh, Don't sleep on the Redskins. They had a crap week last week, and they've got Tampa Bay, even though Ryan Fitzpatrick looks like the second coming of Jesus. The Redskins might get their mojo together and shut down the Bucks. So there's a few options out there. Um, a few other things you probably need to know heading into this week. Like I mentioned, Chris Carson might miss this week. So if you do own Chris Carson, I think rostering Mike Davis, who I've already talked about, is a smart move if you haven't already. Um, Raheem Mostert, Mostert from the 49ers and Geronimo Allison from the Packers. Uh, two dudes who've been sent to IR after last week and they're pretty much done for the year. Uh, Mostert, bro- Mostert, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Sorry, mate. Uh, he broke his arm on Thursday night against Oakland and Geronimo Allison's been dealing with a core muscle injury so if you own both those dudes then you can pretty much ditch them um, for the rest of the year. A more popular uh, wide out in AJ Green has been talked about. He's got a toe injury that's probably going to keep him out for a few weeks at least um, and I have a sneaky suspicion this is I'm not don't have any valuable insight here or any sources but this is a gut hunch Uh, If Cincinnati goes on and loses a few games in a row and they fall out of this playoff race, then I think the smart move for the Bengals and probably the most likely move is that AJ Green will get shut down for the rest of the year. They are sitting currently at 5-3, which is second in their division. They're still gunning for uh, a playoff spot, but they've got the Saints this week and then the Ravens next week. So if they've dropped both of them and dropped back to 5-5, it's going to be awfully tough for them to climb up and claim a playoff spot so we could see AJ Green uh, pack up shop early this season so if you do own AJ Green it might be a smart move to just dangle him out there in some leagues and see what you can get return wise Um, by no means am I saying try and sell him off for 50 cents on the dollar but you know you could maybe swap him for I don't know nothing's coming to mind but you could target a good wide receiver too out there, maybe someone like Marvin Jones from the Lions, even though I had a shat all over Matt Stafford in his passing game. But yeah, maybe it's not as crazy as it sounds to potentially trade AJ Green. Last little bit of NFL coverage. Uh, perhaps the biggest football story from the last seven days was Des Bryant signing with the Saints for the rest of the year. I know Sean Payton probably won't see him this week, let's be honest. But moving forward, Des Bryant is a pretty touchdown dependent player, I think. I don't think he'll be lighting up the league for huge uh, receiving numbers. He could be if he reels off a nice 70 or 80 yard or something like that. But if you have Michael Thomas, don't stress too much. I don't think Des will eat a lot into his production. Maybe he'll eat into some of his touchdown catches. Still, I think Des Bryant offers enough to maybe just monitor over the next few weeks. Should I? Would I add him or not? I'd say at this stage, if you need 
depth at the wide receiver position, then go on and add Dez. Worst case scenario, you can always drop him again, right? But I think if I didn't need it and I was pretty set and happy with my roster, I'd just leave him on the waivers and watch and see how he goes in the next fortnight. And maybe you could potentially trade for him before the deadline if yours is extended or maybe just let him walk. I don't think he's going to put up huge numbers, but he'll definitely be a big factor for New Orleans in real time NFL and he probably tips them over the edge as the Super Bowl favourite right now as well. Heading into some NBA news, uh, last year around draft time when I was doing a lot of prep around some of the prospects, I wasn't the biggest fan of Jaron Jackson. Seemed a little bit too raw for my liking. Everyone was high on his upside, but I was a little bit sceptical that he might just be a bust. Uh, but he's shown some awesome flashes of the potential player he could be this week. He had a nice five-block game against the Warriors, and I swiftly decided to give him a chance and added him to my lineup, and then he dropped a 20-point, seven-rebound, three-steal, three-block game against Denver a couple of nights later. So big tick from Jaron Jackson Jr. in the early season. He's been inconsistent, but you expect that from a rookie. He's definitely worth an add, especially if you need some help in a few of those categories across the board. Another dude who contributes across the board in a variety of areas and might be a sneaky all-star, don't rule it out, is the young Karis LeVert in Brooklyn. He's having an awesome start to the year, leading the team in scoring at over 20 points a game. He's actually still only owned in two-thirds of teams, so if he's still somehow on your waiver wire, stop listening to the pod and go and add him, because I love Karis LeVert, and he looks like he's going to contribute in a number of areas fantasy-wise and be a really good player this season. For those coaches who maybe took a preseason gamble on Lance, I think it's time just to cut your losses. Stevenson hasn't really been known for his uh, fantasy scores in the past, and he Garnered a little bit of a boost in playing time earlier when Ring Ingram and Rondo went out with suspensions, and that kind of hit their depth, which saw him see more game time. But now he doesn't really offer a hell of a lot of upside, so I'd probably ditch him if you still owned him. Similar could be said with Colin Sexton. He looks... <laughs> I love the dude, and I really do think he has upside in this league, and I'm excited for him as a Cavalier fan, but he just looks like a real rookie out there, deer in the headlights type of deal. He's just not ready yet to be a fantasy-relevant character. He's going to have a couple of good games this year, mark my words, but I think he's owned in less than half of teams throughout the league for a good reason, let's be honest. So if you're desperate, he's not a terrible choice, but I think his inconsistencies will drive you crazy. So if I was you, I'd drop him. With Tankapalooza well and alive in New York... I would keep your eye on Alonzo Tria. I watched him a little bit at Arizona last year, and I think he could be a sneaky performer, maybe towards the back half of the year or later on, but he played 78 minutes out of a possible 106 in the last two games. There was that huge double overtime game against the Bulls, and then he played from memory. Who was it against? Um, the Hawks it was? Yeah, I think it was the Hawks. Um, and he looked pretty solid in both those games. He's had some flashes in the preseason where he stood out, and he looks like a decent athlete as well. So consistently, he's a little bit frustrating, and he's probably only really a good ad right now in deeper leagues. But he had 20-plus points in the last few games he's had. Oh, sorry, let me rephrase that. He's had 20-plus points in a few of his last games. So he could be someone that's worth keeping an eye on and maybe... If he starts to get hot, try and grab him before someone else does. 
Quinn Cook is another dude, the Warriors point guard, who's made the most of his opportunities in the past. And he might be on the verge of another uh, hot run with Steph Curry having a little injury setback, which I'm going to talk about in a minute. It opens the door for Cook to potentially take that starting role. Last season, I think he started about 18 games, and his averages weren't amazing. They're about 14-3-3 across the board, but he shot pretty good. And he's going to see a massive boost in production compared to the numbers he's already putting up. So owned in less than 1% of leagues, and with the Warriors playing five games next week, Quinn Cook is definitely someone I would keep my eye on. Some things worth knowing, uh, like I said already, Steph Curry strained his abductor last night in the Bucks flogging of the Warriors. So he's going undergoing an MRI today to determine just how bad that abductor strain is and how much time he will miss. He did say, I think, that he hasn't experienced an injury like this before, so it's tough for him to put a timeline on when he'll return. Poor dude, he just can't stay healthy. It's kind of, like, we've seen him be at great heights, so it's not going to impact his career a lot, but you kind of have to wonder if this will hold him back from being, like, potentially the greatest point guard we've ever seen, or something of that ilk, you know what I mean? It'll be interesting to see how healthy he stays for the rest of the season. Um, Draymond Green, his teammate, has been out for a couple of games. He should be back early next week, but a toe injury's kept him out for a little bit, along with Russ as well, the fantasy god, Injured his ankle against New Orleans and has missed the last two games. I don't think, like I said with Draymond, um, similarly with Westbrook, his injury isn't a long-term thing. Probably just playing a little bit cautious. There is 82 games in a season, so it makes sense if you've got a little ankle sprain to rest for a week or so. Some positive injury news to finish up the NBA section with uh, Nick's youngster, Chris Dapps, Paul Zingas, Apparently taking a step forward in his rehab from an ACL tear. Um, After Dave Fisdale, I think it was in a post-game press conference, don't quote me on it, but Dave Fisdale said that his big forward was returning to light running activities but wasn't sprinting yet. And then only a few hours later, Pozingas posted some photos on Instagram of him sprinting. So I don't really know what that means, but I do know Pozingas sprinting is a good thing considering he's coming off an ACL tear. Um, So if people have stashed him in their leagues this season, we probably won't see him a hell of a lot on the court, but it looks like we might see him play some games. So if you do have an IR spot out there, and maybe he's sitting in that, I think it's worth holding on to him or picking him up and putting in that spot. Probably won't see him till the latter half of the year at least. But yeah, post-All-Star break, Porzingis could be a factor. Finally, before I bounce, want to give quick birthday shout-outs. Uh, shallow day for birth. Oh, as I'm literally recording this, news just broke. Uh, Steph Curry won't be playing on Saturday against the Nets. That's not really breaking news, but it's technically breaking news. So we'll see how long that abductor strain keeps him out for. Uh, but happy birthday to Kyle Rudolph of the Vikings, the tight end who was a solid contributor. Contributor? Contributor? Contributor for the Sports by Fry fantasy team last year. I think he helped me uh, in one or two of my leagues. So well done, mate. Happy birthday. Uh, Delta Goodrum celebrates another birthday today. Happy birthday, Delta. An Australian icon. And happy birthday to Aaron Hall, new member of the North Melbourne Football Club. Another sneaky one I've got my eye on moving into the preseason. I think if he can find his mojo at North and play like we've seen him play when he's healthy at Gold Coast, then he could be a great fantasy player next season. Um, 
Quickly, I want to just give a shout out. Hopefully, everyone's safe after the Burke Street incident in Melbourne. I don't. I've been trying to follow it. It's not really great news to wake up and hear that there's something terrorist-wise going on in Australia. It seems like it was a bit of a small incident and everything's okay now. But yeah, thoughts and prayers. So with those affected. But that's going to do it for another episode. Thank you once again for listening. Apologies once again for the whole YouTube debacle. Hopefully I can resolve it in time for Fantasy Friday next week. Uh, I'll keep my fingers crossed, but no promises. Rating and review would be muchly appreciated to help boost me up those iTunes charts. Um, But thank you for listening. Hopefully you have a great weekend. Until next time, peace. Peace.